Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. We have a critical topic that we need to get through. Uh, Before we do, let's welcome Dion to the show. How you doing, man? Howdy. Doing great. Ready for round two. Hey man, I was so excited in video one where you and I are clearly excited for what is coming. That that was that was awesome to see. So thank you for that. No, thank you. And the, the thing I want to be cautious with is is anytime you talk about the benefits of financial freedom or or building generational wealth and being in the middle of having that generational wealth, is to understand the people that aren't there yet mm-hmm. or aren't even trying to get there. Because the the mass number of people are doing the 40 for 40 for 40 plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, work 40 hours for 40 years to live on 40%. Not, not, not my choice, not what I wanted to do. But what I want to do here is I want to take a concept that I brought to my channel two years ago called the K-Shape Recovery. I've now pivoted very recently into the K-Shape Summer, right, where a lot of people who have money are taking these great vacations and everybody else can't because of gas and food and all of that. And now really talk about what's going to be the K-Shape Recession. I think you brought it up, so full credit to you. I think you're absolutely right. I think we are going to have a K-shaped recession in like everything that's K-shaped. Some will benefit, most won't. So why don't you talk about what you think the K-shaped recession is, how to prepare, how to get ready, how to take advantage, and we'll just wrap around the wrap about the importance of understanding a K-shaped recession. What I liked about our first video today was talking about how fire control can plan for fires. And when they do it wrong, the fire is much worse. Economics, your finances are pretty much the same. We've built rental portfolios. Yours is much larger than mine, but we've both planned for, even though in our lives, we've never seen a rent reduction on, on a market, you know, the entire market, but we've planned to where we can have a, like a 50% rent reduction when most people would say, if you plan for a 10%, you're probably fine, but we could handle a 50% and not lose our portfolios. Mm-hmm. We've, <clears throat> we've got different ways to diversify. You have um, some tenants who are on the housing voucher program. You have some who are not. Mm-hmm. I also add some military into that because I'm near a large military base. So diversified tenants, diversified sources of income. When a recession comes, we have cash flow from several different sources that we can turn into that, that investing money to find the distressed asset, whether it's stocks, crypto, business, whatever business that you invest in, that person who has several streams of income that can divert that money is in a position to be on the top part of the K. When you have that K-shape in recession, summer, recovery, whatever part we're at, Mm -hmm. if you plan and and strategize thinking, okay, so here's the recession that's coming. This is what I would do. And it wasn't us saying the only option going forward is a recession. Mm -hmm. Here's our plan if prices go up. Here's our plan if prices go down. Here's our plan if there's a recession. Here's a plan if there's a boom. We have those plans. So in a recession, having those streams of, of income, we can do that. My biggest fear is for the person and i know many Hmm. where their source of income is their w-2 yeah and when you're selling your life one hour at a time what do you do when people stop buying yeah and and that's where the bottom part of the k comes in yeah i mean it's 
I, w- I really want to hit a couple of things you talked about, right? So it, it was about a year ago and I don't delete any videos. So people can go back and look at our playlist or my daily financial news or whatever. People will see that I always look ahead. I mean, that's one of the things I always call things because I'm always kind of looking ahead. I'm wrong all the time, but I'm right sometimes. And um, I always prepare for the downside. If I can prepare or protect the downside, the upside takes care of itself. So what does that mean nine months ago? I was afraid that you know we were in a cocaine and Red Bull-fueled party that didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense that AMC and NFTs and all of these SPACs we're trading at crazy numbers that I had never seen and my financial brain breaks every time I look at them. I'm like, well, this kind of feels like what I went through in the dot-com times two or times three. And I was very uneasy. So I was looking at this going, well, I know what happens next. This, this party ends, I don't know when, but it will end and it will end spectacularly. So what did I do? What did I do taking that knowledge? Because again, I could have been wrong. I think at this point, clearly was right, but I had no idea nine months ago, right? When it would come, it could have been years from now. First thing we did is the biggest thing, the biggest risk I have in my portfolio was a variable rate debt. When you have commercial properties, they're typically five, seven, or 10-year terms, 25-year AM, but they reset. That made me very, very nervous. So I sold one of my apartments because I wanted out, right? Got a great price for it. In fact, I lost money or I, I could have made more money if I waited a year. I didn't. I just took action. But then I went ahead and I refied with non-QM lenders who I have on this channel on Friday, Stephen Dow at Velocity Mortgage, all of my apartments and offices because I had to remove my largest risks. And to be clear, my rate went up on three of the four loans because again, some of my debt was lower. I refied out, it went up, but 30 year fixed rate, no changes, can't come get me, no, none of these things that are going to get a lot of multifamily investors. Then what I did is I took some of our assets, which I had paid off on purpose, on purpose. I wrote about it in my book saying, Hey, we got this, oh shit pile, just in case I went back to that pile and about 30% of them and got 50% LTV loans. Why did I do that? When I said I wouldn't, because again, I have been here before. The worst thing to do when the economy crashes is to try to get loans. Banks turn off, they get scared. So I wanted to get loans, dry powder, when it was easy. So I did two things trying to protect the downside. And if I was wrong, as I said then, I would simply pay off these loans in two years. And you know, I had two years of interest. So so what? So 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 no big deal. But yeah, again, it's I'm always looking months, quarters, years ahead. I always I'm always concerned with the downside. I actually think what's coming, Dion, which is frightening for me to say, I haven't said this before, I think is going to be worse than I initially anticipated. I think this 14 years of kicking the can down the road, it's going to hurt a lot of people. I think I spent most of my life in in on the side that would be hurt by a recession. And and I actually can, I think, back it up with fact. Mm-hmm. My goal was the 40 for 40 for 40 plan. My 20 years Marine Corps, yeah. 20 years law enforcement, retire with two pensions. And after Desert Storm, the Marine Corps downsizes. So reenlisting is not an option. In 2008, there's a recession, housing crash, law enforcement agencies lay off. And it's not like my department shrunk. Police departments were shrinking. So same time, a bunch of qualified officers looking forward. Changing departments wasn't even an option. That was the plan. Mm-hmm. And recessions were, were 
painful. And so in my investing strategy, I don't think I've planned as good as you as for the uh, top of the K shape because I didn't take out equity on a paid off property that I have. Which we talked about. I'm just going to remind you. Several times you told me, this is what you should do. And it's like, I should listen to somebody who's more successful, larger portfolio, <laughs> more experience. You know, you, you think I would learn. Next but week. A, re- a massive recession coming, I don't lose any sleep. My, my properties are spread out close to several different economic drivers. So base, port, college, hospital, Boeing, Amazon, like large populations mm-hmm. to where so many cascading things would have to happen to impact my portfolio on a large enough scale to, to make me nervous that, that we would have way more problems than paying mortgages at that point. Yeah. And then the diversified tenant base, you know, some working, some section eight, some military to where a pandemic, a prolonged government shutdown, a, a stock market crash, a recession. I built the portfolio doing that. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to create content to help other people do that. So when you're first starting out, I don't suggest buying a 20 unit apartment complex with, with flexible debt mm. because in seven or 10 years, who knows what the economy is going to look like, what your rent rolls are going to look like. Your NOI might not be right. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, even Grant Cardone says, I mean, he, for a while, he said, if it doesn't have 16 units, it's not worth looking at. Finally, in the last six months or so, he started to say, I started with single family. So maybe that's how you start. And then this is how you scale from there. Kind of. He just mentions it in a couple of videos. It's not his his main (laughs) thing anymore. But but he is so many people were calling him out saying you're saying to do this, but that's not how you started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's fair. So think diversification from starting and that first cash flowing asset that you acquire is diversifying your streams of income. Absolutely. It's not just your job. Now you're adding that. And then your next one, maybe it's not really close to that. And I'm not saying pick another market, but maybe it's five miles away, 10 miles away, mm-hmm. close to other businesses with tenants drawn from different sources. Yeah. So if one company does massive layoffs, you, you have one or two units not paying. Yeah. And, and then to, to quickly jump in before someone attacks me in the comments and says, but if you, because here's the defense with always buying 10 or 20 units first to start out. Sure. So if you have a 10 unit complex, they say, if you have one unit empty, you have nine units paying. So that's the, the reason they say 10 is better. But you have adjustable rate, you're going to have a loan reevaluation period unless you figure out how to get Stephen Dow to do fixed rate debt. Mm-hmm. The amount of money that it took to get the 10 unit apartment complex, mm-hmm. that amount of money down because it's a commercial loan probably took 25 to 35% down. Probably, probably 30 to 35. Would not be one single family house or one duplex. It would be five duplexes or four duplexes. Well, let me- So in the same- Go ahead. Let me give you more ammunition because I'm lucky enough to be in a situation where I can talk facts. I have both of these and I've had them for decades and I've had them through recessions. Let me be very, very clear. Rent collection in multifamily properties will be undoubtedly worse in an apartment than a house. How can that be? How can I say that? Well, again, first, I have actuals. I have reports from over a decade of doing this. The deal is, Once you get in a house, you don't want to go backwards. Second, it should be obvious, but I'll state it anyway. Houses are bigger than apartments. Why is that important? In a recession, you are very likely going to get roommates before you step down from a house to an apartment. If you're in an apartment, you are going to drag that out because you're not going to go to a house. You're going to go back to mom and dad, right? So that's kind of the history. So these people talking about bigger is better. It's not true. It's true sometimes, 
it's not always true. And I got to tell you, in a recession, my rental collection on houses will be far better than apartment buildings. Far better. Uh, might even be, might be double digits better, meaning 10% or more. Probably, probably more like eight, but it could be 10% better. And that's significant. Thank you for that. Because I, 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 I do like having what you called it, ammunition, to defend the position. I don't care when I run into somebody like Cody Davis and Christian who are, they're killing it, right? A hundred units, Christian just turned 30, Cody, I think is turning 22. So, so like that's their plan, their strategy, it's working great. And there were people who can duplicate what they're doing. Sure. For me, I was more into stability and planning for the recession than growing a massive portfolio, at least, at least in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what's going to happen in the next 10 years? Who knows? Things, as soon as I one day don't have a job, I have no idea if I might start looking at creative financing and growing or scaling or downsizing. It could go either way. It could go either way. Yeah. But that's so the key to surviving a K-shaped recession is kind of two steps, would you say? Step one, kind of that, I don't know what it's called in the middle of the K, the pivot or the inflection point, whatever it's called. I'm sure it's called something. Somebody could you tell me in the notes below what that what that's called. I'll call it an inflection point is getting prepared or recognizing. Is that kind of the first step? Yeah, yeah. being prepared and, and investing, expecting mm. a, a K-shape in recession, recovery, yeah. the summer. I mean, all of the different ways that you can either go up or down by the choices we make. Yeah, and then the other one is assets. And even Ray Dalio is like, Ray Dalio is getting beat up pretty good or not really beat up. He's getting a lot of questions. Cash is trash, all of that stuff. He, he said, cash is trash, stocks are worse. Right. That's what Ray Dalio, right? One of the, the largest head fund managers ever. Cash is trash, stocks are worse. And, and we already know what his crypto thoughts are. He's probably even worse. But he's like, well, what do you do? He's like, well, in the 1970s, you bought hard assets. You bought a home, 30 year fixed rate debt. I'm like, God, this guy must have seen my 52 year report. So, you know, again, you got to buy hard assets. I have a shirt that says, I use inflation to get rich. Ask me how. It's that simple, right? Fixed rate debt, cash flow day one. Uh, don't bet on appreciation. Don't get over leveraged one at a time. Make sure every deal is better than the last. Just take advantage of what's coming. When someone like that says cash is trash, it's a catchy headline and it yes. gets a lot of views. I, I totally understand it. To, to clarify from my perspective for the people who watch our content, mm-hmm. if you're saving cash for the, the idea of just having cash, mm-hmm. that's trash. Yep. But if you're saving cash, and as your ability to make a down payment, have money for closing costs, immediate repairs, and your amount of reserves grows, you're hunting every day for that next great deal, mm-hmm. then cash is only trash if you don't plan on investing it. Yeah, amen. Yeah, c- cash for me and, and you know this whole inflation at 8%, um, to me that, that cost, which 8% is real, right? Depreciation, um, my buying power is going down 8%. I consider it an option price on opportunity because one of the things, again, being prepared for a recession and what is coming, I have learned over and over and over again, the people with cash get the deals. So I'm going to be that buyer like, oh, really? You think your thing's worth 200? I'm going to give you 125. Well, I need 200. Well, I'll go somewhere else. Oh, okay. How about 150? No, I said 125. Oh, oh okay. Okay. 125. It's just, it's, I've been here before. That's how it goes. That's, that's what I really like about understanding that each deal going forward would be better than the last because it's a form of dollar cost averaging investing as we go. 
but it also gives us the confidence. When we see a deal that doesn't make sense with their wish price, and, and day one, it would be an insult to make a 30% low offer, mm -hmm. but at 10 days on market, 20 days on market, when we start to see that that seller is not getting what they expected, we can make an offer where the numbers make sense to us. And if we get it, great. If we don't, if they don't come back, we just think the next one will be better because this is getting worse and worse, which means more days on market, less sellers getting what they're expecting. And we just need to find that motivated seller for the next deal. Awesome. I think that may be topic number three we just uncovered. Dion, where can people find you? Right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom and in your course, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. Awesome. Yeah. You do the binder strategy for the audience, which uh, is a highly sought after. And uh, we're seeing more and more people executed in the Facebook group. I think you got a shout out yesterday. Somebody didn't got like a 28% bumper, something of that at tenant request. Pretty awesome to see, right? Yeah, I love seeing those posts or comments, especially if they do it in like the bigger pockets forums yeah. and the real estate rookie forums. And they say, look, this is the method that got my tenant to request the rent go up. And the tenant thanked me. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Very cool, Dion. Thanks again. Thank you.